0: BOG BY VICTOR HUGO CHAPTER Twenty Nine. At the termination of the ceremony, the obi bowed respectfully to Biasu. Then the general rose, and, addressing me in French, said, We are accused of having no religion. You see it is a falsehood, and that we are good Catholics. I do not know whether he spoke ironically or in good faith. A few moments after, he called for a glass bowl filled with grains of black maize. Then on the top he threw some white maize. Raising the glass above his head so that it could be better seen in the army, he said, Brothers, you are the black maize. The whites your enemies are the white maize. With these words he shook the bowl, and when nearly all the white grains had disappeared beneath the black he exclaimed with an air of inspiration and triumph, "'See where the whites are now!' Another shout re-echoed through the mountains at this illustration of the general. Biasu continued his harangue, mixing his bad French, Creole dialect, and Spanish. "'The time for gentleness has passed. We have been for a long time as patient as the sheep to whose wool the whites compare our hair.' Let us now be as implacable as the Panthers or the Tigers of the countries from which they have torn us. Force alone can obtain for us our rights. Everything belongs to those who use their force without pity. Saint-Louis, the wolf, has two days in the year consecrated to him in the Gregorian calendar, whilst the Pascal lamb has but one. Is it not so, your reverence? The Obi bowed in sign of corroboration. They have come," continued Biasu. "These enemies of ours have come as enemies of the regeneration of humanity. These whites, these planters, these men of business—veritable devils—vomited from the mouths of Electo. They came insolently. They were clothed in their finery, their uniforms, their feathers, their magnificent arms, and they despised us because we were black and naked. They thought, in their pride. "'that they could drive us before them "'as easily as these peacock's feathers "'disperse the swarms of sandflies and mosquitoes. "'In making this comparison, "'he snatched from the hands of his white slaves "'one of the large fans "'and waved it over his head "'with a thousand eccentric gesticulations. "'He continued, "'But, my brethren, "'our army burst upon them like flies upon a carcass.' They have fallen, in their fine uniforms, beneath the strokes of our naked arms, which they believe to be without power, ignorant that good wood is the stronger when the bark is stripped off. They tremble now, these accursed tyrants. Yo ganye purr! They are afraid. A triumphant yell rose in answer to the general speech, and all the army repeated, Yo ganye purr! Blacks, Creoles, and Congos, added Biasu, vengeance and liberty. Mulattoes, do not be led away by the temptations of the diabolical whites. Your fathers serve in their ranks, but your mothers are with us. Besides, O brethren of my soul, have they ever acted as fathers to you? Have they not rather been masters, whilst you were always slaves like the blacks?' Whilst a miserable cotton garment covered your body scorched by the sun, your cruel fathers went about in good hats and nankeen clothes on workdays, and on holidays in cloth and velvet, at twenty-seven quartos the vara. Curses be on their unnatural hearts. But as the holy commandments of Bongiu forbid you to strike your father, abstain from doing so. If you encounter him in the enemy's ranks— What hinders you, amigos, from turning to your comrade and saying, "'Kill my father, I will kill yours?' "'Vengeance, then, my brethren, and liberty for all men!' This cry has found an echo in every part of the island. It is part of the ancient name of Santo Domingo. It has roused Tobago and Cuba. It was Buckman, a negro from Jamaica.' "'the leader of the twenty-five fugitive slaves of the Blue Mountain "'who raised the standard of revolt amongst us. "'A glorious victory was the first proof "'that he gave of his brotherhood with the Negroes of Santo Domingo. "'Let us follow his noble example, "'with an axe in one hand and a torch in the other. "'No mercy for the whites or the planters. "'Let us massacre their families and destroy their plantations.' Do not allow a tree to remain standing on their estates. Let us upturn the very earth itself, that it may swallow up our white oppressors. Courage, then, friends and brethren. We shall fight them and kill them. We will conquer or die. As victors, we shall enjoy all the pleasures of life. And if we fall, the saints are ready to receive us in heaven, where each warrior will receive a double ration of brandy and a silver piaster each day. This warlike discourse, which to you appears perfectly ridiculous, gentlemen, had a tremendous effect on the insurgents. It is true that Biasu's wild gesticulations, the manner in which his voice rose and fell, and the strange sneer which accompanied his words, imparted to his speech a strange amount of power and fascination— the skill with which he alluded to those points which would have the greatest weight with the negroes added a degree of force which told well with his audience. I will not attempt to describe to you the outburst of determined enthusiasm which manifested itself in the insurgent army after Biasu's harangue. There arose at once a discordant chorus of howls, yells, and shouts. Some beat their breasts, others clashed their clubs and sabres together— Many threw themselves on their knees and remained in that position as though wrapped in ecstasy. The negresses tore their breasts and arms with the fish bones which served as combs for their hair. The sounds of drums, tom-toms, guitars, and tambourines were mingled with the discharge of firearms. It was a veritable witch's Sabbath. Biasu raised his hand, and, as if by enchantment, the tumult was stilled each negro in silence returned to his place in the ranks. This discipline, which Biasu had imposed upon his equals by the exercise of his power of will, struck me, I may say, with admiration. All the soldiers of the force seemed to speak and move under the hand of their chief, as the notes of the harpsichord under the fingers of the musician—